Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed, and this episode is one of our deep dives, our Bakta tank of talk. Take a deep breath and submerge yourself in healing force goo. Bakta isn't necessarily of the force. Everything's of the force. Anyway, this is the kind of chatter that you're going to hear, nice and calming, but also questioning. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm getting apps like I finished my yawn. You said take a deep breath, so I started to, and I yawned <laughs> like a chihuahua waking up. And um, I'm here. I'm here. I'm getting apps like happy to, to dive deep into the back down of this book. 
meditation can quickly become just taking a nap, which I yes, feel is a form of meditation. We're going to be talking a lot about meditation because it's in a book that it took us a great deal of time, <laughs> a great deal of patience, a great deal of balance and mm-hmm. focus to get to. We are finally discussing Padawan by Kirsten White. If you're a regular listener to all our shows, you know that we do these uh, these audible suggestions of things you can get for free, which we're going to do in just a moment. And we have been suggesting this book, Padawan by Kirsten White, for what feels like 1,000 years because the book came out. I don't even remember when, but a while ago, <laughs> we had every intention to crack it open and read it right away and just juggling both life and everything else we did want to cover on Four Center. It took us forever to get here, but we are really happy to finally be here. And I would assume after all the times we recommended this book that uh, everyone has got the audiobook of <laughs> Padawan and listened to it uh, 17 times in the time it took us to read the book once. Uh, do you have any thoughts about just our long journey to get here? And then we'll get to the actual <laughs> audible cue. <laughs> the, the next audible book we're trying to get to. Uh, I want to apologize to the author, Kirsten White, for uh, you know taking a, a long time to get here. Uh, it's a fun book. We're going to dive in. Uh, and it just, yeah, it, we were, we were, we were here actually two weeks ago. We were re- ready to review it and then we just couldn't finish it. And, um, as we'll, you'll discover nothing with the book and I, I, the time frame, I'd lost track of the time too. I know around the Kenobi series, but as I always do, when I, before I take a four center, uh, swing at, at, at reviewing the books, I, I look and see what's out there. And I love checking in with Alex Damon and his thoughts. And he's just doing some great work and he has a wonderful review on Padawan and how it affected uh, him and Molly personally when, how they want to use their power for good with their channel and, and, and not just always mm. talk about star Wars. And it, it was a good, good review. And then uh, I, re- I like checking in with you, teeny and, 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 and stuff over there. And it was f- over four months ago, <laughs> four <laughs> months ago. And it uh, seems like two weeks, but uh, happy to be here and taking uh, this book. Yeah, we finally made it. It's very exciting. Uh, but before we discuss the book, we're going to have to wait one more time as we tell you about, Audible. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's right. You can get Padawan by Kirsten White and 179,999 <laughs> other titles. Uh, we are going to continue one last time to recommend the book we're about to speak about, Padawan by Kirsten White. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for a free audiobook. Uh, we are also doing a current ask. Ken, can you uh, tell people about our ask? I'd love to. Hey, we are building out our YouTube channel. We've had it for years. We've been putting podcast episodes up there in a rebroadcast kind of way over the last year, doing the live Q&As, which at the time of this recording and the release of this episode, I think we got one later today. Hey, check it out. Uh, but we are doing even more. we got some cool things we're going to announce, uh, and you are uh, hopefully all going to enjoy it. So to help us grow out the channel, we're asking if you could subscribe. We're trying to get to 7,000 subscribers. Uh, currently about 6,670 and climbing, and we really appreciate it. Uh, it's, uh, it's a big ask, we you know, because there's a lot of things to watch and take in, but head over to the YouTube channel, subscribe, ring that bell to get the notification so you don't miss anything, and hear us go. 
Hey, everybody. We're here on YouTube talking Star Wars. <laughs> that is exactly right. And yes, uh, if you're listening early in the day on Friday, uh, we are doing a Q&A at 4 p.m. specific time, Friday, December 16th. And we're going to have some YouTube-related announcements. So if you want to be uh, live with us for that as we have the announcement and have some Q&A time, join us then and there. There being YouTube, I guess. Anyway, we are going to now dive into Padawan. Uh, Ken, can you make an alarm noise? Auga, auga, auga. I just love, I love alarm noises, except yeah. in the morning, but on mm-hmm. podcasts and your, uh, your gentle DJ voice. Uh, <laughs> it's great to hear. That uh, alert is for spoilers. We always discuss the entire book. So if you haven't read it or listened to it yet, uh, be aware that we are going to discuss it in great spoiler detail. So, Ken, we talked about it a little bit. This book was released as part of the season of Kenobi around the time of the book Brotherhood, uh, the run of that Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, five-issue limited series comic, and, of course, the run of, you know, that television show, Obi-Wan Kenobi. How do you feel about the year of Kenobi wrapping up? Are you hoping for, for more Kenobi, or did you feel like this was the Kenobi explosion and now we need to let it go for a little while? I'm always happy to to let something go if I need to and, and happy to enjoy what we got. I, I'm a little sad if there's a, kind of a general feeling of uh, everyone moving on from Kenobi because, man, we love Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, he's a important character in your life and he is as, as, as well for me. And I'm not done learning about Kenobi. I don't need every blank to be filled in his life story. I really don't. But there's some big moments to get to. And also, I just I think he he's just such an iconic character. And they were able to take one of the greatest Jedi of all time in story, but also, again, one of the most iconic characters in pop culture. We all kind of, no matter what generation, you kind of grow up with them and just provide wonderful, important, often intimate lessons for us that all trace back to A New Hope. I've said often, I'll say it again here, Sir Alec Guinness, being the legend that he was, uh, left so much space in his performances as an actor that it just kind of begged for these type of stories. I really think it sinks back to long looks in, in old Kenobi's face or stories he was telling Luke. And um, his his work as, as an actor just allowed for this kind of exploration. So it, it just begs for more of it in my mind. And I'm excited for Kenobi, season of Kenobi, season two of Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, there is always the, the possibility of a second season of the show. Uh, who knows? We'll speculate that uh, on that uh, on other episodes. But yeah, I really love what you're saying of starting with, with Alec Guinness and starting with a, a New Hope. There was so much that was established about the character of Kenobi. And one of the things was his role in, in that story of uh, being calm and wise and centered and in knowing uh, his purpose and in his role. And it's been so great all, all over the years to take all of the things that we saw in that character of being uh, curious and witty and a little grumpy and uh, all of these great things and then kind of figure out what about this character is consistent and what about this character is changes like all of us over time so we can know him we can truly know him but then we can go on this long journey with him at different 
points in his life at different ages as he, as he faces uh, different challenges. And I think in some ways that's been, what's been really rewarding about the season of Kenobi is we're, we're jumping around uh, his timeline from Padawan in this book to his uh, first steps as in this kind of new role as a, as a soldier uh, mm. in, in Brotherhood in the Clone Wars. And his new role is in equal to Anakin, to uh, coming back from maybe his worst period of darkness in the Kenobi television show. And the whole picture of it is this this character who is remarkably consistent in, in many of his traits, what makes him unique, but also reminding us that life is long. It is full of changes and challenges. And watching this character wrestle with all these points of change along his timeline mm-hmm. is really inspiring. And, and at the end of the day, <laughs> on yeah. almost every Kenobi story, regardless of his age, he comes back to these core characteristics of calm, resolute, always returning to hope, kind of always being the negotiator, always looking for a different solution than just mm-hmm. the big, violent, obvious thing uh always having this this air of wit and charm and ultimately enjoying other people enjoying life um yeah the life lesson that he looks great in both blue and beige colors we've learned so much <laughs> yes yeah so a, a little bit of just uh kenobi nerding out as we go into uh discussing this book which is yeah uh, other characters certainly there, but uh, kind of interesting. A lot of Star Wars books do jump from perspectives. We never leave the mind of Obi-Wan Kenobi, except for brief, brief bursts mm. of looking into uh, poor, mean Uncle Leo Grib. It's uh, mine. Mm. Besides that, we stick with Kenobi. So um, what was your overall reaction to the book, ultimately? How does this book fit into the pantheon of Star Wars young adult books? I rank this actually high because it really hits the goal. And this is one – I will shout out uh, Nathan Emery over at Utini. I think he does some great reviews over there if you've never checked them out. And he's very relaxed in himself. He comes off as a Jedi. And he said something in the review that resonated with me, Joseph. It's just like this book really makes you want to be the so-called right age for the market of this young adult book, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I kind of wish I was 14, 15, mm-hmm. 16 reading this book, I think, I think it would have really connected and it connected now. Cause I think those lessons keep going all through life, which as you just kind of said, is the point of a lot of Kenobi's journey, no matter where you grab onto his uh, story, uh, he's going through something and he, and that's kind of the, the, the point. And, and, um, this, this age, uh, this, this quest for identity, this quest for purpose, fighting things, struggling with things so real, we're going to dive into that. And, and I, I think I really enjoyed that. And this book did a great job taking a, a familiar character, uh, we all know, and just threw him into the deep end of, a, of the water, right? <laughs> with a planet full of threats and characters we didn't know, we weren't familiar with, that had at times kind of this ethereal, almost sci-fi vibe, uh, more than fantasy, but also had this giant fantasy things going on there, especially with this planet. So I really enjoyed that. And overall, I, I think this was a smooth read once I got into it, which is weird because even once you and I finally were like, all right, all right, enough. We're going to review Padawan. There was also a break in that. So I, I read like <laughs> 190 pages, took a, took a week or so off and then finished it the last few days. And it was a smooth read. I think uh, Kirsten White really knows how to, to write for this age group. And uh, it kind of, uh, I always joke that it, these are the books that I need two cent words versus $2 words, but also there were some $2 words in it. Uh, but I, I just loved it. I do think that t- the book took some time in the middle and took the time it wanted to take. 
Uh, and there was moments where I wanted to push it forward a bit, like, hey, let, let's do it. But once you got to the third act, it all makes sense. Uh, the third act really moves. Uh, a, a wonderful character shows up that it made me very happy. <laughs> and it all came together nicely. So therefore, there's, it was well-earned. The stakes are very well-earned. And the time spent uh, with Kenobi and the planet and, and the kids he meets, um, it ended up working really well for me. Yeah, yeah. No, I would agree with a lot of that. I really, uh, really enjoyed this book. Um, I, I think that there is some just the setting is obviously extremely meaningful. Um, but I also just like that vibe of uh, I feel like for my taste, the the Star Wars galaxy should be so big, so vast, so weird that no one could ever know all of it even yoda in 900 years there's still things to be discovered right so discovering this kind of this strange planet that is aligned with the force but also has its own sort of like internal version you know micro version of the way the force functions of everything being uh, interconnected and balanced and needing that and right the beauty uh, and the peace and the calm of of every creature, every leaf is your friend if you're in harmony, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that those same things will rip you to shreds if they're you know faced with fear and anger. Uh, mm-hmm. I really love uh, this. You know, hey, hey, uh, Obi Wan gets back to the temple. He's like, hey, everybody, do you know there's a planet that's just a metaphor? It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Exactly. Uh, and I don't mean that as a diss. It, it's, it's, no. uh, you know, it, it's one of the things I think that, that fantasy can do. You can, if you, you want an idea to tackle, mm-hmm. you can imagine a creature that represents that. You can imagine a planet that represents that. You can imagine mm-hmm. a black hole that, you know, helps yeah. to teach the lesson you want to teach because it's this wide uh, galaxy that can have anything in it. Um, which I yeah. think is, is cool for me as a viewer. And also it was so pertinent to Obi-Wan's journey, needing to see something like that. Actually, yeah, I want to highlight that. I really love that, especially when it kind of kind of kind of sink in. It kind of sinks into your soul early on in the book, right? You're like, oh, this there's what the planet's doing. And also, like, I I, I think like Kenobi, uh, maybe misread the planet at first, you know, mm-hmm. which is kind of what the, the journey that's going on. And I really love that. It was a great tool, and and I love that. Uh, you know, Star Wars at times very not subtle, and that there was this thing called the power. <laughs> And how you dealt with it and everything about it. I, I think you're right. That's part of the fantasy side of sci-fi that, of Star Wars that we celebrate. Uh, we also celebrate the sci-fi side. So I really love the use of uh, one planet to teach them all. <laughs> yeah. And give me give me as many weird planets that are, you know, maybe not explored, maybe not known. Uh, I love mm-hmm. that, that it was new, too. That it wasn't like, this is the testing planet that the Jedi have known about. Like that, that it was mm-hmm. new was a part of the joy for me. Um, I do think this was like a very much a young adult book. I feel like all of all, almost all of the Star Wars young adult books are people at uh, a sort of coming of age moment somewhere mm-hmm. in their teens or early 20s. Um, I think some of them are a little bit more complex with that perspective. You get into the High Republic and, you know, some of those books do have a, a younger character like uh you know, Reese Silas at the core of it, but then we're also really following the journey of some of the mentors as well, or a little bit more caught up in galactic events or like rebel rising is like, it's a young adult book, but it's mm, coming of age and a hard time learning yeah. hard lessons, you know, and this one in some ways felt like a really straight forward young adult book because it really mm-hmm. is like, uh, Obi-Wan has wanted to go to high school forever but now that he's in high school, he really misses junior high. And again, it's I'm not criticizing the book at all. I think it is powerful in, in that way. But it is also very straightforward, the kind of the idea of, of, of a young adult book in, in the yeah. marketing space, you know? 
I love it. Yeah. No, great point. A yeah. little, little bit of a graduating high school vibes at the end too. I, you know, Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's Obi-Wan encountering other young people who are taking their first steps <laughs> in responsibility. There are adult characters, but we really don't spend yeah. a lot of time with their perspective in emotions, except for the, the villain out of sort of mm-hmm. necessity. Um, yeah. I think the thing that I ultimately enjoyed the most about it, which I wanted to be sure to say at the top is it's definitely a, a, a young adult book. There are definitely lots of moments of Obi-Wan questioning himself. And, and yeah, I, I will say that for myself as a reader, there were a couple of times where like, I know that's what's at stake for Obi-Wan. I, I'd be okay moving a little bit faster with the, mm-hmm. the plot. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that is probably an age thing, a taste thing. That's not a huge criticism. But that said, I feel like if there, if I had a friend of any age who was like, I don't know, you, you seem to see a lot more in Star Wars in, in the Jedi than I do. I thought they were just kind of like, weird, violent, uptight monks who kidnap children. What, what, mm-hmm. what, what are all these beliefs you're talking about? Where, where do you get that, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This book is a really great summary of ideas that are many places in Star Wars, but this is such a, a compact, moving summary of core Jedi beliefs and not just stating them, but walking through with Obi-Wan and discovering the why mm-hmm. of the beliefs. Um, mm-hmm. confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi to quote Luke Skywalker. That's so much about this. This book is about fear. Um, it's about balance uh, in many ways, the balance between what you need and what the larger community needs. It has a great sort of take on, it's not chiding Obi-Wan for being selfish. Obi-Wan learns that all the things that he needs and wants are important and he needs to wrestle with them, but he can't be so devoted to himself and his own needs that he doesn't see what the larger community needs. Uh, it's about not coveting power for power's sake. It's about being in the moment, not consumed by the past or the future. It's all of these Jedi tenets, like uh, I said, I think are, are sprinkled all over Star Wars. But if somebody just was like, I want to I want to see the bigger picture of Star Wars that you see, I'd be like, read this book. And, mm. and you'll see some of these things laid out and then you'll see them everywhere in Star Wars. I, uh, that's high price for this book, uh, and I, I concur with your thoughts on that. There, uh, Justice for the Jedi is a T-shirt you should be wearing every day. There, <laughs> and I feel like uh, what's his name, Low Grip. Uh, that's how I said. It. How did you say, Low Grip? Bad guy, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uncle Mean Badger. Uncle, Un- Uncle. I was about to swear, uh, Uncle Low Grip. Low grip. There you go. Yeah. Uh, he's got a low grip. Is how I thought about it. On, yeah. the, but he he at times. You know, I don't. I don't necessarily think Kirsten White meant this, you know, specifically. But like, uh, he's he kind of reads like Twitter comments about Jedi, <laughs> about uh, oh, Jedi are the bad guys, and you know, which is just such a surface level reading of it. I very much understand where it comes from because I've joked about that even back in two thousand two. I had some of those thoughts, uh, but I get it. But I love exploring it, and I, you're absolutely right. There's just this is a an almost a brochure for so you want to be a Jedi or a brochure for so you think the Jedi are bad. Yeah. And, uh, I love the exploration of that. Yeah. And the idea of, of Logrib is this you having, he's going on this dark side journey. He's, he's tasted power and he is mm-hmm. willing to kill anyone to get it. He's become utterly selfish in his pursuit of power. And I think that that's an important element of the discussion of, you know, justice for the Jedi and the Sith perspective is to me, the, the Sith or the dark side perspective. And it's, it's shared by Sheev and <laughs> Logrib here yeah. is, I perceive anybody who's tasted this power could only ever want it for themselves. 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anybody who claims that they're using it in a balanced way, that they want to help other people, that they're selfless, they must be lying because I can't imagine that someone could handle power better than I can. Yeah. And, 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 and that, you know, and there's probably examples you could point to as someone who is lying. And so therefore that becomes this blanket uh, thought over all of it. And I think this is, this book does a great job of asking you to kind of measure the intent, right. And measure mm-hmm. the core goals. And I think that's something that's very real. I, one of my, my hot button, button issues right now is the, the whole, uh, wow, they're all bad kind of take on say politics or, or leaders or anything. And mm-hmm. I very much understand where that comes from. Very much get it. But, uh, you know, you, you got to measure the intent and measure the, we always say, trace it out, follow the empathy, follow the compassion. And, and I think that's one of the big thoughts behind the, the, the Jedi and, and Obi-Wan wrestling with it. Cause there's a lot of things that good old uncle Batty's saying here, low grip that, that you, again, you're like, yeah. And there's probably some examples of that. Uh, but that's not necessarily the, the case and that's not necessarily the purpose. Anyways, uh, it gets, starts to get to one-to-one life stuff, but uh, <laughs> I think it's also the great value of the book. And that's what a young adult coming of age book should do in Star Wars. Yeah. And I think that is for me, the ultimate justice for the Jedi idea is the Jedi are striving to use power in this good and noble way and find this balance. And yes, they stumble. Sometimes the stumbles are real bad and they need to be held accountable, right? <laughs> real bad, real bad. Yeah. But this is a one-to-one life thing, not with any specific politician necessarily, but with like politics in general of this need to kind of hold people to perfection. And if they stumble once, then they're just as bad as everybody else. And the idea that, you know, Obi-Wan out of caring so hard, froze up in fear and made some mistakes. Uh, he's just as bad as Darth Maul. Like, yeah. no, <laughs> no. <laughs> because yeah. he's working to correct. He's listening and trying to be better. And yeah. th- that's a, you know, a grace that I think that we should give. Uh, in the real world uh, to our leaders. If we believe like you're saying their, their intent is good and you know, mm-hmm. they're going to slip. Yeah. They're going to do some things. Yeah. We don't agree with. And yep. then we have to weigh, is it big enough for me to, you know, yeah. take all my marbles and say, I'm not going to participate in the system. Absolutely. Yeah. But I thought, yeah, all that's, all that's at stake and it's a valuable lesson for Kenobi and hopefully all of us. Hey, there we exactly. go. Exactly. But wait, there's more to learn. There's more. <laughs> That's just our overall thoughts. Uh, we're going to dive into a couple of the big ideas in the book. I think there's lots of different ways to look at it, lots of different ways to frame it in the classic Jedi way. Uh, but I want to discuss a, a couple of big ones. And the, the one that really resonated with me that I want to start with, Ken, is this idea of learning through experience. Um, Obi-Wan is very frustrated in the temple. He is having a hard time connecting with the force, understanding it, can't meditate. He's just kind of stuck. He knows everything, but it's not working for him. Uh, Then he has a breakthrough by literally physically going out into the galaxy and making the theoretical uh, practical reality. I think in a lot of places in in the books, it's it's pretty straightforward that Obi-Wan and the, the Narans are going through similar things. The Lenarans are, you know, left by their parents and forced to fend for themselves. The They have been given all these rules and they are following them. Uh, so I, there's this great uh, uh, kind of idea that Obi-Wan at first thinks that, hey, they are people who are living on their own. But really, they're stuck in the same way he is at the Temple of. They just have the rules, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're not really moving uh, beyond them. Uh, there are also some some great quotes early on. Uh, I think it's a very elegant way to set up this idea. Great quotes early on where um, 
Obi-Wan is aware that Yoda's a really good teacher because he sets you on the path to finding the answer, but then he lets you find the answer yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and and, and these ideas were really resonating with me. Um, and then, you know, uh, I think it's, it's well done, uh, for this book. Uh, I love that at at the end of Qui-Gon is, did you miss it? Yep. Here's the lesson. (laughs) (laughs) Qui-Gon speech at the end of that, that great cheeky, like you, you think I did, you know, let you sneak away so that you could have a personal experience, uh, rather than just a learned experience in the temple it makes yeah. it, some of these ideas very, very clear. Yeah. Uh, so, Ken, did you like this theme? Uh, what for you was moving or affecting about it? I, I, I love this theme. You can go to the, the base level idea of, you know, we, we often learn by what we see and what we feel. I get, I think that ties into the big, bigger lessons of, of, of understanding, uh, you know, empathy and compassion, which is something that's, you know, probably changed dramatically in my life too. But so I, I love that. I love going out. I'm, I'm one of those, let's just dive in and, you know, give me some things and I'll figure it out and probably fail and run away. So I have to, have to go back and try again. But also there's valuable lessons to me of, um, of um, with Obi-Wan, uh, you know, there's a patience lesson. The the course he wants to learn all the cool lightsaber fights. And I, I love all that kind of stuff. Going to your idea of, of the big Jedi picture. But uh, look, it's one of those things at the end of the book where with Qui-Gon's great speech of here, let me just summarize what you learned. But uh, Obi-Wan kind of looking back and going, yeah, this is why. And that's why this was done and why this was here. And I didn't, you didn't, you're never going to know that until you experience it. You're never going to know until you get out of the classroom. You're never going to know until you uh, know all the things you need to know and you look back and, and, and find out where you are. So anyways, it resonated with me. Uh, I loved it. Uh, I love kind of uh, experiencing that through Obi-Wan's eyes. Because again, even I hit on, I, I land on that planet and I'm just like, oh, I get it. No, I didn't get it. The planet had a curveball for me. Uh, and, and I thought that was valuable. Yeah, I, I really love this idea. I think um, the idea of, you know, balance is talked about a lot mm-hmm. in Star Wars. And I think this book does a really good job of kind of almost everything it's exploring. It does have a, a, a balance in mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. And I felt like this was a book that absolutely celebrated the the need for, you know, younger people going out into the world. But I think it's true for uh, yeah. people of all ages to experience things for yourself to truly have a grasp mm. on them. But I also mm. didn't feel like it was like, ah, studying's boring. <laughs> right. You know, right. I didn't feel like the, you know, the lesson of this book was, hey, kids, quit school and go find out. You know, it was this balance that uh, study and training and mentorship and lessons uh, from older people, those are all valuable. But you can't just have them. You also need to have practical knowledge. And you also have to find out how, how you how you mm-hmm. make choices when you're confronted with not a theoretical question, but a real question that has real and immediate impacts mm-hmm. on other people. You know, mm-hmm. I thought it was such a thing about about balance, like that Obi-Wan comes back at the end and now he's ready for more training and studying and sort yeah. of book knowledge because he has now a reference for this is how it works in the real world. And now it is mm-hmm. more meaningful to me. It's not arbitrary. Yeah, no, I know some of the stuff early on, the, 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 the whole meditation lessons and, and Obi-Wan wanting more, wanting more action coming around to it uh, and, and having that realization of it's time to meditate. Uh, I, I loved all that. And, and, and a lot of the stuff going on here with um, the Lenarans and their parents and talking about the uh, learning for yourself and how, and how, especially we're going to, we're going to say a lot, Hey, it's a young adult book, but, 
it's stuff I think I'm even struggling with in my late forties of, of what came before and what you can change, how you can change, uh, and, and what the parents put out there for you because of what they felt at the time. And maybe it was wrong. Maybe it was, the intent was good, but the, the effect was wrong and, and how you just kind of address that. And you can only really start to address that when you experience it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I always, uh, I always think of this experience I've had and I, I'm sure I have talked about it on a force center before. So I apologize mm-hmm. if it was, it was very recent. Uh, but I, I had a, a friend, uh, who was kind of a mentor as I was starting to do improv and he had an improv book, uh, in his house when I came over to do some rehearsals, I was like, cool. Can I read that improv book? And can I borrow that? And he's like, yeah, you can, but it's like reading about skiing. Like it's, mm kind of ultimately useless because improv is really something that you can know every rule, but you have to do it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, And I thought, oh, that's a really good life lesson. Some things have to be experiential. And then years later, I told uh, another friend uh, who I really admire and gave me a lot of great uh, life lessons, uh, but is very much an academic. And I told him this story thinking he'd be like, cool, great wisdom. And he was like, that's awful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's like that's the 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 most anti-academic anti-learning thing i've ever heard and I, i've always been really moved by hearing those two visceral reactions right and right, right. that what i loved about this book is it, it wasn't either of those extremes of like you have to do or mm. you have to study you have to train um yeah. it was really about both and about bringing those extremes together. You know, I, I love that mm-hmm. in particular, Obi-Wan used the forms at, at one point, you know? Yep, yep. You saw the value of his of his training, but you also saw how deeply he needed to experience practical reality in order to, to bring more to his training. Indeed. Uh, and as you grow up and start to face more real things, it will challenge what you think, challenge what you thought you believe or how you would react. And uh, it's a great thing to see in action. Yeah, absolutely. So did you have ideas about how this uh, theme, this idea of, you know, balancing training versus practical experience, how that connected to the larger story of the Jedi or to Obi-Wan's larger journey? I I think in terms of the story of the Jedi, just going to the core of what the Jedi are, uh, the well-rounded picture, going from Kenobi early on again saying, hey, I want to pull out the lightsaber and do the cool things and looking at his other friends and get uh, what's the series, the one which is a Legends pool, right? Uh, that character, mm. uh, just like out and about, having crazy adventures and <laughs> you know excitement, adventures. Jedi crave these things, right? Uh, to go from that and to learn uh, how to wield this power, and that you do have a power, acknowledging that you have this power. Uh, Kenobi comes to that realization. You know, I, I have these skills, and 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 that can, people that can affect people. Low Grib's got that like. You know, oh, oh, yeah, he's trying to keep the power from you because he's got it, too. You know, that kind of thing. And, and just, I don't know, being out and about in the galaxy and learning how to wield it. I think this goes all the way to the Kenobi series. Uh, one of the things, uh, you know, that we feel and, and something that's, uh, I think, uh, big on your heart, Joseph, is the journey of, of Kenobi in the Kenobi series. Uh, uh, really connecting with the path, right? The way and the why of being a Jedi. And so that's really the groundwork is really laid for Obi-Wan in this series so that when it's challenged later on in his life, several times, he can hopefully <laughs> fall back on what he's truth, truthfully learned, what he honestly has learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, I think it, um, we all might have those moments. It's, it's, it's where you can go back again, go back on both your training. I think training and just knowing um, what to do in certain situations. Um, 
it matters. I've said before, an earthquake training, earthquake response drills. I got 240 pages to tell you what to do, but you're not going to know until that ground starts shaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you you fall back on that. So I think this is the this this book is a lot of the lessons that Kenobi falls back on up until perhaps even the end of his life or this chapter of his life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I really agree with you. I think this was, was really valuable because in, in a lot of Kenobi storytelling on screen, the Kenobi television show is different. Kenobi has already learned these lessons off screen and he's mm-hmm, pretty mm-hmm. steadfast and he has successes or, or failures trying to pass them on or trying to remember them. Um, but a lot of times he he's the steadfast uh, character. Yeah. And these kinds of stories where we get into his perspective are great. And I think um, I think you can definitely point to moments in the Clone Wars animated series and, and in the prequels where Obi-Wan is very confident of the Jedi rules, of the mm-hmm. Jedi path, uh, maybe sometimes to a fault. You know, he, he Obi-Wan expresses out loud himself, Obi-Wan's opinion, that he failed Anakin. Uh, yeah. maybe, maybe because he was just so certain, just stay on the path and, and it'll be great. The attachment thing, I understand it's a bummer, but there's a reason for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, just follow the code. You'll be great. Uh, he, he has that attitude with Qui-Gon even. Uh, so you could have a reading of Obi-Wan where like, who's this guy who just got, you know, uh, given the Jedi brochure and was like, cool. Okay. I'll do what mm-hmm. I'm told. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This book is such a great adventure of showing him, uh, personally experiencing and believing in the why of the rules, right? Mm-hmm. In his first, in some ways, his first time doing it, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think, it, like you're saying, it, it's fun to connect this book to other moments of, uh, this isn't indoctrination in, in all those Jedi beliefs about how to confront fear, the importance of balance, the importance of uh, helping other people, the importance of not abusing that power you have, but using it in the right, right. way of trying to balance what you need and want what with what uh, you know is best for the community. All these great ideas that the Jedi Code are trying to address and trying to keep mm. people on, on the path of being most helpful and least hurtful. We get to see him go, ah, I get get why that's rules there I, mm. I memorized them all in the temple and the explanation made sense but now i experience them and mm. i believe them because i choose to right yeah taking that idea into every choice he makes in other uh kenobi storytelling is is really great uh yeah and getting there getting there yourself and uh and sometimes it takes uh traumatic uh, situations otherwise uh, sometimes it's a long road but you get there and Kenobi it, it, it's very realistic that Kenobi will occasionally slip off and move away from that shore but swim back to it yeah exactly so uh does does this theme of needing um, personal experience to be balanced out with your training it, it, that resonates with you right that that connects yeah. with uh, your uh, earthquake experiences <laughs> but I'm sure yeah. other life experiences right yeah absolutely I I think um even just in terms of personal growth, being out and about and, and, you know, having a, a, a set of beliefs instilled into me as a, as a youngster. And I think a lot of them have great intent behind it, but see how those can get convoluted, how those can be uh, misread by even those that taught me or, you know, uh, myself growing up. And then it's not until for me, it's not journey for everybody. For me, I hit a bigger city and meet more people and get into more situations and decide for myself, all right, what do I want to take from what I was taught and how do I want to apply it to this situation? How do I want to change with it? How do I want to challenge? Uh, but there's also moments that uh, I, I find myself 
you know, affirming what I believe, uh, the core of it all. But anyways, uh, you know, Kenobi at 16, <laughs> hitting, the, hitting the ground running. Uh, I wish I had that chance a little um, younger. I was a little older when I, uh, you know, hit the town, hit the big city and was like, <laughs> who's that person? I've never met that kind of person. Uh, I've never been challenged in that way. And I've got this, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. <laughs> and uh, people asking, great, but why? And you, you, you come to the answers eventually. Yeah. No, we did. No. I, and I do too. Yeah, no, I like, and I like thinking about it from that perspective of uh, what age should you, uh, any, any you, uh, the, the larger you uh, go on this kind of adventure. When did you first metaphorically visit Lenara? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I think, you know, Obi-Wan is really, is blessed to have a mentor like uh, Qui-Gon who, who knows that's what he needs. There's plenty of discussion of, you know, would it have been better for Qui-Gon to say, hey, I think you should go on this journey <laughs> rather than yeah. just leaving yeah. him hanging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. that's a, perhaps a larger discussion about Jedi parenting uh, that I don't need to get into. But yeah, th- <laughs> this was this was really uh, a, a great uh, book to really wrestle with those ideas of getting um, out of your your comfort zone and needing to experience things. Uh, I've been talking a lot about the short films I'm making. I'm having a ton of fun doing them. And they're this interesting balance because a lot of it is creative stuff that I am very familiar with because I've been doing it a long, long time. And then there's other parts of it that I've been scared of because like, I don't want to, I don't want to figure out how insurance works. That's terrifying. Um, and the experience of just facing a, a dumb fear like that. And, you know, I really didn't I normally have other people help, help me with that kind of stuff. And like, you know what, mm. I'm going to figure it out. Cause I'm tired of being afraid of it. And, and like, it was great to then like, after like yeah, two weeks of, of stress, you know, do you, getting an email from somebody going like, in order to rent this equipment, uh, I need to generate a COI. What is that? And like, no, I know how to generate a COI. I'm <laughs> you know, like, it, it's not yeah. as cool as uh, being able to uh, deflect a, a laser bolt uh, with a lightsaber <laughs> when you didn't think you could. Uh, but it, it's, this is what I love about Star Wars is we can see it in these more mm-hmm. mundane uh, things in life. The lessons apply to us uh, if it's, you know, uh, insurance or uh, laser swords. Yeah. Yeah, all the same. It's all the same. It's all the same, really. Uh, the other big idea that I really wanted to talk about, Ken, is this sort of idea of the cycles of conflict. Um, Obi-Wan is trapped in a cycle at the temple. He desperately wants to succeed, but his fear of being unable to succeed is causing him to fail and not succeed. And he's even kind of aware of it. And he's like, I don't know how to get out of it. Uh, the Lenarans uh, are also trapped in this cycle. They are raiding the planet to survive the planet, which is making the planet attack them in the first place. Uh, mm-hmm. What did you feel about this theme? Was that moving or, or affecting uh, to watch uh, Obi-Wan and then the Lenarans, kind of our, our two sets of main characters, absolutely trapped in a cycle? Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, this is why I'm struggling with some stand-up bits right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and again, ties it a lot of what we were talking about before, about how you're taught and, and, and changing a lot of those things in, in these big cycles. Yeah, I, I, they're, they're connected to some big issues with me, uh, both in Star Wars, and I guess always you can pull them out, but how to use power, the big balance issues, the idea of taking and not giving uh, back. Um, but the bigger things, all, all of those lessons pour out of just Obi-Wan himself, just this, this connecting with this idea of self-confidence being an issue. I know um, a lot of people out there reading this book, uh, even our Discord, have, have connected with the 
anxiety and doubt side of this. And, mm. you know, this is someone who goes on to be the great, one of the, one of the greatest Jedi of all time. Uh, you and I often refer to him as kind of a, a poster child for, a, you know, good old goody two-shoes Jedi here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to actually see, lift the hood and see the, see the workings and see how he got here. And it, it's just very realistic. And, and even, you know, the, um, we talk about, um, you know, learning more about yourself, your, your identities and, and all those kind of things, but just, him around the the other Jedi and and being you know eh, jealous or you know wanting what another Jedi has or thinking what they have and uh, seeing what the planet is and and for for Obi Wan to to uh, learn as he goes as we were discussing earlier I, I just think um, it all it all for me came back to self confidence do you do you believe you can do this or not and how do you get to that point and when is it too far <laughs> when is that there's a balance in that too. Yeah. No, no. I really, I really love that how much this book set up this question of like, well, how, how do you get out of a cycle in general? But specifically for, for Obi-Wan, it was such a, a great practical depiction of, of fear, you know, because mm-hmm. when fear gets talked about in, in Star Wars or other storytelling, it can be like, you know, real physical fear of like, yeah, no, it's uh, real scary to raid an Imperial base where, you know, you might be <laughs> murdered, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's a, you can sometimes see it as physical fear. And I think the fear uh, that Star Wars is often talking about and what, what Luke Skywalker means when he says confronting fear is the destiny of a Jedi is these, these little fears of what if I fail? What if people don't love me? Um, what if this makes me feel small? Uh, that, that there's such small little fears that fester into this huge, awful thing. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it's so recognizable that I think it makes the book really powerful to say, how, how is Obi-Wan going to get it out of that? And I think even more powerful, this this book to me was a great example of uh, telling a story with a legacy character where we jump around the character's timeline almost makes it more powerful. Like this would be mm-hmm. a great book mm-hmm. if we'd never heard of Obi-Wan Kenobi. This would have been yeah. a great book and Obi-Wan comes across as uh, charming, witty, the negotiator, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, powerful, all these great things. But there's a power to reading this book and seeing Obi-Wan utterly trapped and going, I can't do all these things. And we, the audience, knowing he can and being like, but you totally can, Obi-Wan. Right. <laughs> here are, here are uh, you know, a dozens of examples in canon where you do exactly that, mm-hmm. you know. So I think in a way it makes it, uh, you know, more powerful uh, of us waiting for him to, to find out, you know, his way out because we know he does. We know he can. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. No, you want to pull up the Wikipedia page, but isn't it, it how um, in in the real world? I, I hear this a lot. I, I've always suffered from self loathing and, and apathy and, and 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 fear of of just getting trying. Uh, and I, a lot of people say, "I wish, I wish you could see yourself the way I see you." Right? Which is a great statement. It's a loving statement that comes uh, comes your way. Take it. But I think we're the audience doing that to Kenobi. <laughs> we, I wish you could see us see yourself the way we see you, Obi Wan. Because we know, we know what you can get to. And then it highlights the problems with self-confidence and, uh, yeah. and fear. Yeah, yeah. And and, and I, I love that Obi-Wan's, uh, um, you know, solution is is looking looking straight at him, which we'll talk about a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, then then there is, I think Obi-Wan's cycle is a lot about, about fear, right? But mm. then the, the Lenarans, I think you could definitely make an argument that it's fear. But to me, it's a little bit more about anger in fighting, right? Mm-hmm. They have known this way for so long where life is a struggle. Um, 
And I love that it's, it, to me, it's a little bit not, the Lenarns are, are obviously, their story ends up good. I'm not saying, you know, they're little Sith Lords in training. Um, but I right, do right, feel right. like their cycle is kind of a metaphor about the, the dark side because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they are aware this way of life is really hard. It's really awful. We're going to die really young and then we're going to pass it on to the young ones and yeah. then they're going to die really young. And even when they're told, hey, it sucks. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it. Here are ways out. It's still really hard for them to to step out of a cycle, a cycle that they know sucks, which mm-hmm. I think is such a great um, and honest um, depiction of humanity. We have a hard time mm-hmm. of stepping out of our systems, even when we know our systems are awful. How did mm-hmm. you feel about that? This was a big one for me. Now, this is where it was like the the planet itself was was reminding me of lessons or seeing it. I, I was right away clued in of like, oh, this this planet is is uh you know teaching obi-wan things and these learns are these survivors also which by the way it's all true but i love your point of like no they're aware yeah life ain't good here um <laughs> but it's our life which by the way can be a very positive statement too mm-hmm. um but to see them to go into it and, and this idea it connects a lot with the jet idea uh, you know uh the practical look at, at balance and and, and change and the purpose of the Jedi and power. I love that you're, they in, in a way do read like little Sith Lords in training. They're not, but <laughs> there's those moments where they're like, we, and we take these orbs and it's good. Um, just to kind of un, unpack all that, uh, it, it's, it connected with me in this way. Uh, uh, t- we're talking about cycles and stuff. I don't want to jump too far ahead of what we're talking about here. Mm, feel, but, feel free to jump around. Yeah. No, it's really weird. I, it, it, we, we're about four months late on this book, right? Uh, I, I also at the same time am, f- am four months late on this docuseries on Apple TV called 1971, the year that uh, music changed everything. I've mentioned it here on the show before. You're just, this, this will be remembered as, my, as Ken's 1971 doc period of, of, <laughs> of life. And it's a music doc and it starts with that, but it goes into so much more. And, and it's fascinating to watch this series, this eight-part episode, uh, eight-part, uh, eight-episode series talk a lot about the change, the upheaval that was happening in 1971. And you hear words and phrases and see images that are being repeated today. Mm. And the same words and the same fights in a lot of way. And I was, I was shook by that in a way of like, well, that generation and this, this, that's the boomer generation that, you, you know, it's so easy to insult now, but I was like, why is that? And it truly to me is a cycle of fear of power and, and, and refusal to change and why. And, and and I don't think there's an answer for that. And every generation kind of gets in that power seat and doesn't want to give up what they know. And it's why that stuff with, with Bale and, and Leia resonates for me in the Kenobi series of, of changing things together. And so to see it in, uh, in display here, where a lot of this comes from the parents, once it's unpacked that, well, the parents are keep, they know this was, they knew this was going to happen to you, that you were going to get all this wonderful power to survive only to die early. And, and this, and and it would, I guess, repeat. I mean, eventually it would die out here. You think with these these survivors? I don't know. I just it all connected with me. This real world look at this powerful year in our human history that is still we're still being still fighting the same issues, and why it is the cycle. You can't get out of the cycle. And what is the cycle? It's a, it's a lust for power. It's once you have it, that power might keep you alive. So why would you get that up? Give that up. And it's just refusal to change a lot of times because it's not affecting you anymore. Um, and you're pulled back for it. And it's all here on this planet in front of Obi-Wan and to watch these kids. Why would you want to give up the thing that's keeping us alive? And, yeah. and why? And having to learn that and feel that. And, and you do feel that, that scene of Obi-Wan kind of 
you know, almost like he's uh, no on the ark. He's calling all the animals, the planet. He's at peace. He's meditated. And, and uh, uh, the, the, the character, uh, Odge, uh, coming around and going, whoa, <laughs> like, whoa, the gobblers are there. They like you. Um, that was just a powerful thing of like, this is what happens when you break the cycles. This is what could potentially happen. It's not, I'm not saying that means it's all peace and, and flowers. I'm just saying there's another side to this. Like you're saying, how can you get out of it? And, and, and even when you know, when you know, and that was powerful that the Lenorans knew, just like I think previous generations know the importance of changing. The people in 1971 know the importance of why we got to change. <laughs> then why are they the ones fighting that change 20, 30 years later? Yeah. These cycles. Yeah. I, I think for me, I just, I, I took it as, you know, yet another reminder of uh, that, that, this idea that ang- there's a, a kind of comfort in anger, right? Because you know mm-hmm. your purpose. It's, you know, punch, punch, punch and mm-hmm. justify, justify, justify. And, and uh, I'm not saying uh, that people should never be angry. We've, we've talked about this mm-hmm. recently. Yeah. There are obviously lots of things to be angry about. You know, I've been uh, mm-hmm. rewatching Rebels and, and this idea that is many places in Star Wars, but is very clearly set up by uh Ezra's conversation with Yoda and it's you know reflected in the the saw arc in in season uh, four which I'm watching right now of there's a mantra even between Kanan and Ezra of like yeah we know we have to fight the question isn't should we fight we're in an impossible situation the empire must be fought of course the question is how do we fight you know yeah and I think uh, that to me is, is so much the heart of so many ideas. I think it's what's going on with Luthen and Mothma and Andor and Marva is, you know, how do we choose to, to face this? Mm-hmm. And it, while facing a conflict, if anger and lashing out is the only answer, it's going to block us from seeing other things. And we get used to it that that's the only way to be. Yeah. Uh, it's not that we shouldn't ever get angry. It's not that we don't have to fight. It's about what do we do to ourselves when that is the only recourse, that is the only framing of events. Because mm. it's not like, I mean, they could have lived in peace with the planet, but I also love that, you know, uh, Audge makes a practical choice. I mean, like, I know I know, uh, us and the planet are going to be done if I do this. Mm. You know, yeah. so, it's not, yeah. so it's not like the planet isn't scary and shouldn't be taken seriously and is yeah. maybe something to be dealt with. It, it's about being aware of what choices they're making and how they choose to, to yeah. wrestle with this reality. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. Yeah. And, I, and I love that, again, we talk about just there, there's no, you don't even need Qui-Gon, though I appreciated Qui-Gon's speech at the end, but, you know, it's pretty clear what the, what the planet's teaching all of us here. Yeah, and, and Obi-Wan needed Qui-Gon at the end. And, and it was, <laughs> yes, he did. And it was it was pretty great that he it laid everything out but framed it as a question with plausible <laughs> plausible deniability to the council. Uh, how does this idea of being trapped in cycles, uh, how does that for you connect to either the Jedi themselves or to Obi-Wan's larger journey? Well, if you look at the Jedi, I think it's, it's it's perhaps the danger, right, of where we see the Jedi Order heading. It's even heading perhaps right now. Uh, love uh, Qui-Gon kind of going, oh, I've always been, been intrigued by Wayseekers uh, and stuff with Dooku <laughs> and all stuff. And, and I, I, I think as we keep analyzing the Jedi Order late in the game, this there, there could be some cycles that, that set in. Uh, perhaps even we're seeing them set in in the High Republic era and, and leads directly to the Jedi you know, it, it leads cre- lends credence to some of the things maybe some of the critics would say about the Jedi mm-hmm. um, and why it makes it so easy for Palpatine to just sell that lie. Oh, you think there's a difference between the Jedi and the Sith? Come on. And you can point at some things for the Jedi and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it comes down to, to me, they're, they're, they're not aware of their own cycles or aware what's going on and aware what's trapping them. 
And why would you? You got a, a beautiful temple, some robes, and some uh, some power. And, and that's again, I'm not. That's not me criticizing the Jedi. That's just it's easy to get trapped in that. So to see Kenobi kind of learning that lessons, to see what Qui Gon thinks about that kind of stuff, uh, and to know where we're going, uh, it's a powerful. Perhaps the Jedi could learn the lessons that Kenobi's learning on that planet. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that is the the story of the the Jedi's fall is is giving into fear. There's more mm-hmm. happening in the galaxy they control. Ancient enemies are coming back. They don't ha- have the understanding that they want. Their yeah. ability to use the Force is diminishing. Uh, g- making choices with the Senate is turning into just following the Senate's orders, uh, mm. and. And they give in to, to fear and cling rigidly to their rules, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we see characters who are willing to kind of go, our rules are great, but we need to explore why and we need to question yeah. them. You know, characters like Qui-Gon and Anakin and Ahsoka, you know, make some breakthroughs that the rest of the Jedi can't. Anakin makes a bad breakthrough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I do feel like it is very relevant to the overall story of the Jedi, but I love it from Kenobi's perspective and I love how he how he handles his fear, right? Mm. It, when he finally does meditate and connect with the planet and is rewarded with a, you know, a lovely Dr. Doolittle moment <laughs> yeah, where all the animals uh, like him. He has a Disney moment in the forest. They're going to start uh, helping him <laughs> do his dishes. Uh, it's such a beautiful moment. Um, but I love that he's not like, ah, the magic ticket or like, mm-hmm. I learned to kick my fears over. You know, I put them in a steel box and then I go out and like, I yeah. love that he's just like, ah, the way to handle these fears is go, they're absolutely there. They're absolutely real. I do need to deal with them, but I can't let them control me. I can't yeah, yeah. let them hold me back from moving forward. I I think that's that's so important uh, to, I think it's it's great advice. You, you can't just defeat fear and anger. They're always there, mm-hmm. um, but you, you don't want to let them control your journey. And I think it really reflects who Obi-Wan is. He learns early on, like, I am always going to be wrestling with these issues. I just can't let them control me. I get it. I really understand that. And you think of like in the Clone Wars, his response to, um, spoiler alert, if you have never watched the Clone Wars, hmm. uh, his, his response to Maul murdering Satine hmm. specifically to break him, of him being like, I've yeah. been through this my entire life. Uh, yes, I'm full of rage. I'm full of heartbreak. And of course I want nothing more than to cut your head off. But I'm mm. not going to do it because it's not going to benefit me in the long run. And I've yeah. known this and I know this and I work on it and I work on yeah. it. I work on it. There you go. That's what, <laughs> that's the bumper sticker we all need. Yeah. And when it all fails him, you know, in, in, in the events of Revenge of the Sith and going into the Kenobi show, the Kenobi show is so much about him being like, okay, yep, deal with the pain, deal with the trauma. Right. Don't, don't let it hold me back. Find a way to move forward. Yep. Find a way to work with it. Yep. work on yep mm-hmm. yep and i think there's lots of fun and interesting things to be uh, thought about of like he masters this skill so well and and he doesn't do the best job passing it on to anakin because anakin is going through so much <laughs> yeah there's so much pain and anger and i think you know he's like hey do it <laughs> yeah it doesn't quite help anakin you know figure out how to truly how to truly you know live with his fear and anger rather than let them control him I, I I agree, and Kenobi is a teacher. Uh, you know, begs some uh, closer inspection, and maybe yeah. that also means we look at Qui Gon too. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, clearly, the lesson of Qui Gon is uh, uh, <laughs> trick your kids into running away again. <laughs> Love it as a as a as a fantasy. Uh, anyway, I'm not so. a parent. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a parent. Yeah. Uh, 
do you have any tips for breaking cycles, Ken? Just at first, you got to identify them, right? Yeah, and, and and that's that's the that's the toughest thing. And and I have a lot in my life, and and lot to, lot that are, are inherited, uh, the wiring, as I say, and a lot of of them that are, are nurtured, and and, mm-hmm. and uh, you have to identify them and, and make that choice. And it's and, and it's it's something I fail at almost every day, almost every day. Um, yeah. So yeah, identify. Yep. Not, uh, yeah, it is, there isn't a super easy answer for me. It, it does, it helps to try to seek out the new and just get a, mm-hmm. a fresh perspective, a fresh air, a sense of, of movement, a sense, a reminder that you have choice because it's so easy to feel trapped. And yeah, I am uh, not coming with any great wisdom of having mm-hmm. conquered no. <laughs> being trapped in the cycle. I'll probably be trapped in three cycles today and need to do, you know, some work. <laughs> To try to move forward and I'll, and you know, I'll yeah. probably fail at two of them and hopefully I'll do good on one of them. Yeah. That's uh, all you can do. Any other big ideas in the book that you wanted to discuss? There is certainly a, a lot more there. Yeah. A lot more there we, we can dive into, but overall just, uh, I think the, the big, that, that use of that word power and what that means in star Wars. And it's such a fantasy word, right? It's mm-hmm. think, think of him in the eighties. I have the power. <laughs> You know, we've grown up with that. And I think a lot of people love that term. And who wouldn't love a little power? But we all mm-hmm. have it. And this book is talking about what is your power? Again, that's why I like that there's that moment of, yeah, no, no. Obi-Wan's got things you you all don't or this these orbs give you. And he has it on his own. And that's a power. We all have some sort of power. We also have some sort of influence. And uh, this this how you use it. It's a big question in Star Wars and in life. And this book really deals with it in a, in a visceral way I enjoyed. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the other uh, idea that that I did enjoy, and I think it's connected to everything else, is you know uh, the the idea of of mentorship of parents. Uh, I like how Obi Wan, you know, really feared he was being that he was being failed by Qui Gon, mm-hmm. uh, that Qui Gon disliked him, that maybe even Qui Gon abandoned him, mm-hmm. um, and then he almost has that a couple of great moments of like. Uh, actually, I really don't have it that bad at the temple when he sees that kind of mm-hmm. almost everything that he feared might be happening to him was right. for sure happening to the Lenarans. Yes. <laughs> that they were actually abandoned by their parents as a result of their, their parents, you know, being yep. trapped in this cycle that their, their uncle comes back and does actually hate them mm-hmm. <laughs> the way mm-hmm. uh, Obi-Wan fears Qui-Gon does. I thought that was yet another moment of connection, uh, yet another moment of Obi-Wan kind of getting out of his cycle because he is seeing it from the outside and realizing that, yep. you know, some of his fears aren't aren't true. They're just fears. Yeah, perspective. And, and I think it's important. Perspective is important to fight a lot of things. It doesn't mean you don't need, uh, you should seek out help. I should seek out, uh, you know, uh, meds if you need. Well, all those kind of big real world things. But sometimes just perspective is a great way to start your journey forward. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're going to take a fresh perspective by taking a quick break. And then we'll be back to discuss some of the fun moments and the canon moments in Padawan. We'll be right back. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. 
Only from Rustolium. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And we are back to continue our discussion of Padawan by Kirsten White. Um, so we're going to talk about canon. We're going to talk about some specific moments. Uh, but I did want to talk about, because uh, one of the few little bits and pieces I saw discussed on social media, uh, that Obi-Wan in this book does have some thoughts on romance and sexuality. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all happen around page 173 and 174. Well, that's where he's thinking about them a lot, but uh, mm-hmm. they pop up again. There's definitely some... Uh, I would say, in my opinion, some kind of flirtation mm-hmm. uh, with the different uh, Lenarans and yeah. uh, some, you know, uh, it, it being put to Obi-Wan that he was or was not attractive and him discovering like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize I was invested in whether or not I was attractive. Turns out I am. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I definitely want Obi-Wan to realize that some people feel him attractive because he spends a lot of time seeming very aware of his attractiveness uh, in the Clone Wars as he uh, as he flirts uh, through the galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
what what were your thoughts on on Obi-Wan's uh reactions in, in pondering about romance and sexuality and attachment? Yeah, it was it was uh it was great to get into it because this is one of the things that kind of um made headlines um the, the fact that uh you know essentially to be direct Kenobi uh, flirts with uh a male character in this uh, as one, as well as many other characters, we will be clear to point out, but that one kind of, Oh, that kind of became a headline. Right. And mm-hmm. so to actually spend time with it and to see the, the power of this moment, the importance of this moment, I, I really enjoyed it. I think I thought it uh, fit uh, nicely into a lot of the themes, uh, including what are you trying to get out of romance? That's a certain that could be kind of a power. Is it for you? Is it for you at all? Is it for them? Are you, are you in this, uh, for some mutual agree- agreement? Uh, I think there's a, a, a big problem. Um, particularly with the, uh, uh, you know, uh, masculinity and male culture growing up about, you know, what you're, what you, it's more about what you take as opposed to what you give in, in uh, the actual relationships. And that's, uh, that's a certain kind of power. Uh, and, and so what you really need is coming up and it's just a moment of discovering your own identity and place on that spectrum. Right. And, and, and I think again, we're talking about uh, if you were of the age of this book, this is probably a pretty important and powerful moment for someone who might be younger. Um, but also someone who could be older. Uh, so it was to actually spend time with it, to go beyond the headlines. Uh, and there's a lot of great uh, points about it that were made and, and this and that, and, and some that were just horrendous points <laughs> made about it, to be clear. <laughs> uh, I love it. But again, it was all part of the themes. And, 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 and talk, a book that's about identity, coming of age, of learning, not that you are stereotypically uh, uh, attractive, uh, but we, we we would say Kenobi might fall into that category. Uh, you and McGregor, Alec Guinness himself, uh, but uh, that that someone would see value in you, right? We all experience that at some point, and that's a hard thing to accept. And what do you do with that? And that almost maybe maybe it's a power that Kenobi takes. Maybe that's why he feels now he can go flirt his way through the galaxy. As he said. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, I, I love spending time with it. Uh, after uh, being four months late in the book. Actually, uh, was good for me when it came to this section because I was kind of ready for it. Right? Like, yeah, we're gonna get to this. I know. I remember there's some headlines. Let me figure out what's going on here. Yeah, I, I really didn't dive in beyond seeing headlines and discussions and in mm-hmm. some, you know, labels of, you know, o- Obi-Wan ha- represents uh, this uh, sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I am not an expert and and I, you know, like I said, I didn't deep dive into any of those. So I am not uh, reflecting any thoughts other than my own experience and my own interpretation. I'm always wanting to to listen to lots of different voices to get lots of different uh, takes. Uh, but for me, having seen those headlines, um, I, I was I was surprised that it was just this kind of light moment of mm-hmm. exploration and what if. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we've had a lot of stories, which I love, of characters who kind of grow up wrestling with this idea of attachment of like, well, is it emotional? Okay, get that. Or is it just physical? Um, mm. what, what line do I cross? What line don't I cross? You know, Anakin, great stuff with, uh, with Elzar, uh, man, um, mm-hmm. and, and their young relationships are like, yeah, a lot of, a lot of Padawans just <laughs> straight yes. up get yes. physical. And then we're like, that's all, that's all it was. We're good. We understand the attachment. We're like, we've had a lot of, it, um, yeah. we've ha- had a lot of, um, uh, stories from the perspective of people, young people, young Jedi who are understandably horny. I'll just say the age yeah. word. Uh, <laughs> and I really like getting this perspective from Kenobi because it fit into 
the book where Kenobi knows the rules and mm-hmm. believes in the rules because he wants to be a good Jedi. And this is the exp- time for him to go, wait a minute, do I believe the, in the rule? Am I doing that because I was told to? Or what do I feel? What do mm-hmm. I want? I'm going to start asking that. Yeah. And to me, that's what was really, really great about it. The, this uh, quote that starts on, on 173 and goes through uh, 174. Uh, would he ever get to a point where kissing someone felt like anything less than a betrayal of himself and the Jedi? And if he did mm-hmm. get to that point, who would he want to kiss? The Lenarans yeah. uh, were confident and charismatic, which was attractive, but he couldn't imagine just kissing any of them. Maybe he didn't want to be with any of them, but rather to be more like each of them. Or maybe he wanted to kiss all of them. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought that was such a great exploration of, okay, I, for me, I for Obi-Wan, I, he's, he's not just desperate for the, the, the physical contact, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and he's thinking through the rule and then going like, okay, but if I did want physical contact, why would I want it? And who would I want it with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put that on the shelf to be explored later. And in some ways, it feels like set up mm. for what happens with Satine. Yeah. Um, that, because uh, there's even that sort of joke about, well, whoever I ever kissed probably wouldn't be a royalty or a politician, you know. Right. Feels like a direct Satine joke in that that is, as far as we know, uh, the 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 big love of his life. We, we mm. don't know canonically if that got physical, how physical it got. Mm. Um but I, I just, I really liked it because it just felt like an honest, open exploration of what is intimacy? What is physical intimacy? Mm-hmm. Do I want it? I'm totally open to just discovering who that would be with. Maybe it would be with no one. Maybe it would be with everyone. Mm-hmm. Hey, almost to what you're saying, maybe I'm desiring to kiss them because I actually want to be more like them which I, I mm-hmm. do think is, you know, a, a part of you're drawn to people because they have these amazing qualities and you want to be closer to them mm-hmm. physically, you know, in any yeah. way you can to, to just be closer to this glow of who that person is, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think I just thought it was really rich and really mature. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think important. And, and, and again, talking about tying to the, to the themes and just being this, uh, this, this quest, this journey, this, this discovery of, of who you are. Uh, what, what have you just described? And by the way, it's a great little Satine inside joke and reference. Uh, but it also speaks to what you're talking about earlier of like, I have set forth these rules. <laughs> I would never date this person. And then they come walking <laughs> into your life. <laughs> yeah. And then you had to walk into my Jedi protectorship of leadership during a Mandalorian civil war of all the Mandalorian civil wars. <laughs> I had to be drawn into this one. Yeah. And I thought that was great too. And, and um, yeah, just again, ask them what you want out of these relationships. An important, important thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to discredit anybody um, who is hungry for Star Wars to have more representation. Cause I do like it that, mm-hmm. that it is open to Obi-Wan Kenobi is expressing some asexual, like I don't have a huge drive for this. He is expressing um, lots of different sexualities with, with seeming like he is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, feeling a, a pull toward intimacy to people of all different genders when he's on the planet, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, gender expression. So I, I do think that's uh, important and vital as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that was uh, you know part of the, the discourse that I, I understand and, 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 and agree with the, of, of, you know, the, you know, 
putting it on, on Kenobi and just kind of retroactively going back and everything. I, I, I guess on the surface, you, you know, I, I totally understand that side of the, the conversation of, but make it a new character or it's just implied. Let's actually dive into it and go, go, go into Lando, right? The, the pansexuality of Lando is, is a, is a really, it's an interview canon bit, not a story canon bit with Kasdan. So yeah, I understand that side too. Uh, yeah, no, it, there's a complexity to it, and and I'm I I think you and I are always always trying to speak with respect, and if there's a nuance mm-hmm. we miss, we're always happy to to hear uh, from people with lived experience. Indeed. Uh, all right, we are going to move on to any uh, specific other just kind of moments that you enjoyed and wanted to highlight, Ken. Um, I I there was um just the world itself was fun to imagine in these, in these gobblers and these avalanche creatures and, and uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, 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 the orbs itself and just the, 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 the dark K event. It was just this fantasy map they wanted to explore. I, perhaps it's no coincidence. I've been playing too much Fortnite, which has almost <laughs> the same vibe and does has floating, floating orbs that you jump on and they give you power. Uh, or even a, a game like red dead redemption too, which is, I love exploring worlds and this more than any other Star Wars planet in recent memory. There's some great new planets to canon, but like this was a, uh, like, I don't, I love, I love, Andor. I don't want to spend time on Ferrex. That seems like a, a, a rough got, life. A rough life. Uh, this, and this, this planet too, doesn't seem like a, a you know, bushel of roses and a barrel left, but uh, I just really love description of the planet. Really <laughs> a love. Barrel Ferrex. of Nautilans instead of a barrel <laughs> of lava. There you go. Um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to once you really got into it and just this another wonderful kind of mysterious force like or force adjacent planet. Uh, is it is it as uh, big and important as Mortis or Octo or the world between worlds? No, but it's in that vein, and that's just kind of fun. I love I love imagining that Star Wars world where yes, why 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 uh, everyone's on Ferrex f- carving out a tough life as best they can and learning hard lessons in a hard way. You also have this planet; it exists, and it's fun for me. Yeah, no, and I like the idea that it was just this, this almost like this planet that it isn't like a force virgins, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's a planet that almost was just like perfected its own natural balance so much that everything was just in perfect communication and in perfect sync, yeah, you know, right to the per- point where like the entire planet, uh, you know, uh, had the, this agency and could all be pointed in the direct, same direction at the same time. I thought that was great. It helped that the whole planet absolutely in my mind. Uh, was designed by Frank Oz and Jim Henson Studios in about 1987, right? Like every creature described looked like, sounded like they crawled out of the Dark Crystal to me. I, I really agree with that. And I've I expressed uh, some of the fear I have for uh, Dark Crystal. It scared me as a kid. So I think I had a little bit of fear. I wanted to leave this uh, this planet right away. So I don't know if I would have learned the lessons. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the vibrating asteroids in particular and the sudden shifting, because, you know, we've seen lots of Star Wars characters uh duck and dodge through asteroids including obi-wan kenobi so this mm-hmm. idea of like okay i can use it i can use the force again wait they're flying at me on purpose yeah yeah <laughs> by choice yeah. is uh, that was a great twist yeah uh, so i love yeah. that um I, there's a detail to obi-wan's anxiety about uh becoming a jedi knight uh and and fearing that he'd you know, that Qui-Gon would walk away from him, that he'd fail, that he'd be assigned to being some other non-Jedi Knight role in the temple mm-hmm, or just kicked mm-hmm. out. Um, it's all very relatable, but this big idea that I really like, uh, on it starts on page 16 and then it pops up uh, throughout the book, but it's this idea of longing for his story to already be written. Mm. Uh, he says, uh, 
uh, he thinks, uh, but what he wouldn't give to be carved in stone to have his destiny, his path through the force already written, something he could study, reference, cross-check, and follow like his own personal course charted through his own personal stars, because then uh, he, he knows what he's supposed to do, and more important, that he could do it, that he wasn't mm-hmm. disappointing anyone. I just think that's a, it, it's an idea I've been uh, thinking about a lot for some uh, various creative projects. I, I think it's a, a true thing that um, that stories give us comfort they have a beginning a middle and in an end and mm. you know in our lives we are always living stories but we're almost always in the middle <laughs> yeah you know, we get through a chapter and now we know how it ends and i think it's sometimes even where nostalgia comes from because i find myself mm-hmm. having nostalgia for times where like objectively i was quite miserable that time but looking back <laughs> i know how it ends and now there's a comfort yeah. token at that time mm. you know there, there's some mm. Really bad times, real bad things that there's never going to be comfort and nostalgia in. But yeah. like, there is such comfort in feeling like you know your story. And mm-hmm. I thought that was a really interesting, really mature idea and a really thoughtful thing for Kenobi to be kind of obsessed with of just like, I want my life to be a storybook and I want to know uh, the ups, the downs. I want to know that the the uh, all is lost moment at the end of uh, act two going into act three <laughs> yep. and i want to have the happily ever after moment at the end so i'm locked in so i don't have to be in this thing that is true that i think we all have to be in in my opinion is we have to be in the middle of our story and not know how it's going to end for mo- we live first draft lives which if yeah. you're a writer that's terrifying uh <laughs> but it's something that i think we we all have to wrestle with uh we all want to get to the next page absolutely Absolutely. That can, that can be a burden or it can be uh, something you look forward to. But yeah, exactly. So I, I just like that idea and that, that perspective on, on anxiety. Totally. Uh, any, uh, any other moments for you? Uh, some are in the canon stuff there, but uh, some fun, fun reveals. And once the action really picked up uh, again, big, big kind of fantasy scale stuff. So uh, good stuff. And, and again, like I said earlier, I felt that times I want, it wasn't like it was a slow book, but like, like you said earlier, just like, okay, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. I know how Obi-Wan's story ends. Let's move to the next page. <laughs> Let's move to the next page. Uh, I, once it did and the action picked up, uh, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, other moment I just wanted to highlight is um, I did really like it on is page 30, 391 during, during the climax of um, the way that Obi-Wan wins, knowing that he's overpowered by uh by low grib uh, holding up the the giant rocks he could never move a rock that big which is you know fun uh, mm-hmm. after the kenobi show because eventually it, he will yeah, yeah. Uh, but that idea he gets to just like oh i don't need a big rock i'll just throw a little rock at him and he'll drop the big rock it's just like oh he's unlocking the door to be obi-wan you know we've talked so much in our lightsaber uh dual uh episodes um, mm-hmm. talking through all of it, you know, Obi-Wan's always about looking around at the environment, looking around at how can I change the parameters? How can I be fighting a different fight that this bigger, stronger, faster, angrier person doesn't see? Cause they're just focused on power, power, power. And then mm-hmm. Obi-Wan's like, eh, let me just, uh, let me, let me change, uh, the nature of the game in this, uh, small, clever way. Yeah. I think this is a perfect Obi-Wan moment. Absolutely. That's a little bit of a breaking of the cycle then, huh? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, let's dive into canon. I wrote some stuff down. And then if there's uh, more stuff, uh, I, there's there's lots of little things that, you know, yeah. I, I tried to focus on the big picture. Uh, always check out Star Wars Explained for great rundowns of everything. 
uh, one of the big things that uh, I had not had uh, had spoiled. So it was really a delightful surprise that the entire catalyst of the book of finding this planet, going to this planet, was because of the High Republic characters Orla Jirani and uh, Comac Vitus, Vitus uh, to a lesser extent, but Orla Jirani, and then going into even that deeper depth that Orla was in the middle of exploring this mm-hmm. planet and its history when she gets called off to help Elzar Man, who has had, if you're not caught up on the High Republic, uh, had a, uh, a, a he, he made a little bit of a boo-boo with the mm-hmm. dark side. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Orla needed to go to him and help him. Uh, recenter. Uh, how did you feel about that High Republic connection? Not just being a reference, but being the catalyst of this story. No, I loved it. I loved it as it continued to, to play out. Even even knowing that you can place it on a little bit of the the the, the map, so to speak, that where we pick up with uh, what is it, the Fallen Star, right? With uh, mm-hmm. Elzar and Orla training. Uh, I loved it, and and it's one of those things of um, kind of little Star Wars nerd giddiness of, of even hearing or seeing that Kenobi read these names and say these names and have some sort of uh, now knowledge of these names. It's just kind of fun on a service level. But I think when it, when it first popped up, I thought, like, ah, it's just a reference, right? But to actually have it dive in, to actually have her recording uh, her her, uh, her experiences there and more about it. Uh, I love it. That's one of the big victories of the High Republic era for me is they're filling out a lot of just the story, but but it, uh, it's so vibrant the way they do it. And the characters are so so darn great that uh, I'm excited to, when you hear the names. And, and I want to know a little bit more, you know? Like, I'd love to get Orla's thoughts on Lenara, you know? I'd love to pick that up in a comic or something else. Maybe there is. Maybe I missed it. Yeah, no, I mean, I I absolutely could have missed it. Uh, High Republic is uh, is challenging to keep up with everything. Um, yeah, but for the stuff I do know, loved Orla Jirani, and it was great to spend some time with her, and great yeah. great to see like you know, there's an idea all throughout Star Wars. It's even talked about in this book of like you don't want to be controlled by the past, but you can absolutely learn from the past and be inspired by the past. So to see Obi Wan, you know, he's desperately looking for help from. Mm from Qui-Gon and Qui-Gon is helping him in his way and it's not clicking for Obi-Wan yet. And then Obi-Wan yeah. finds it in this character that, that we know and we like. And I think the, is a great moment of, you know, the high Republic is doing a great job of kind of showing us a uh, Jedi uh, struggling, but mm-hmm. the order in general, uh, walking the, uh, talking the talk and walking the walk and, and doing a better job right. than they do in the prequel era. And I love that being highlighted by Orla's away seeker who's just going off and following what she needs to. And there's a system for that within Mm -hmm. uh, the Jedi that's gone now. (laughs) Yeah. And to have Obi-Wan go like, I bet Qui-Gon is really like way seekers. I bet he wishes that was still around. And and Qui-Gon's like, way seekers, cool stuff. (laughs) It's a great way to connect the eras in a, in a meaningful way. Yeah. 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 Exactly. With, with, With great purpose. Yeah. Final thought for me, I think, is that, you know, we're seeing Orla through, and Elzar for that man, through Obi-Wan's youthful eyes, and he's he's learning things from them. The idea that that Orla stopped doing this because she went off to help people, and, and that's mm-hmm. so centered as Obi-Wan wants to help. Um, but also knowing, like, they had their challenges, they were people too, and, you know, seeing them through Obi-Wan's eyes of like, wow, these mm-hmm. adult Jedi, you know, it, it's just a reminder that we all go through challenges. Yeah, indeed. So let's talk about what might be uh, the 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 basilisk in the room, uh, Dexter <laughs> Jetster. Uh, yeah. Dex meets young Obi Wan. Young Obi Wan meets Dex. Uh, I think I might have heard about this, but mm. a benefit of waiting so long to read the book, I forgot. Uh, and I was thrilled. How did you feel about uh, Dexter's appearance? 
Loved it. Number one, love Dexter. Dexter's one of our favorite characters here at Force Center. And I, mm. yeah, I had heard about it. And I remember because we were talking about his appearance in Brotherhood. And I think that even someone on our Discord was like, oh, wait till you get the Padawan or something. Like, not in a spoiler way, just like, we're coming. And I, I, I took it as like, I don't know, Obi-Wan gets a sandwich on the way out. You know, like, I was like, ah, Dexter's going to show up. But have him involved and have uh, a little bit more of his other life, his, his past life, maybe, if, if you will. Who, who knows when he opened up that diner? We know the diner's been there for a bit, um, but I, I really loved it and loved it, what it said about him and loved uh, the connection. Again, not just a reference, something with great purpose, and it makes a lot of sense. And the stuff he was saying about low grip, low grip, you know, I knew something was up when he didn't care about the other two ships and never all that stuff, valuable lessons found without. And it was true to true to the Dexter. I love. And there were some moments of knowledge versus wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of, a lot of what I want from Dex. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I loved, you know, hearing Dex explain some tech to Obi-Wan mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. with uh, the, the mine with the altimeters, uh, altimeters. Uh, love that. Um, it, it was also just kind of great since this book is, is largely Yep, this could be the first Star Wars book you ever read, but it's largely functioning on we, the audience, know so much more than Obi-Wan does. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a breath of, of relief for uh, a helpful figure to show up, somebody that we know Obi-Wan can ultimately trust, you know? Yeah. Is yeah. is really nice. And I, I think f- for me, there's always been something about their relationship, the relationship between Obi-Wan and Dex, that's their relationship. Mm-hmm. So I really like that Obi-Wan didn't meet Dex on a mission with Qui-Gon. Like the first time Obi-Wan stepped yeah. out on his own, he made this personal connection with yeah. this uh, weird, gruff, insightful guy. And that that <laughs> connection that he made is, is something that he continues to to pursue, you know, his entire life. Yeah, I, I agree with that there. And and, and I'm, I'm craving more. This also means we now deserve a, a Dex on Lenara figure. Like we can get this. <laughs> Minor Dex, you know? Absolutely. And if there is an Obi-Wan season two, come on, Dex. Come on, Dexter. Yeah. Uh, so this is a, a little bit of book continuity. Uh, I believe in Master and Apprentice, uh, Obi-Wan's around 17. He's 16 in this book, so it's about a year before. So mm-hmm. um, obviously he, he reflects that he understands where Qui-Gon is coming from a little bit more, but really a little bit more understands himself. And there's still going to be some bumps with Qui-Gon. And there certainly is in the yeah. book Master and Apprentice. Yeah. Uh, but a big uh, uh, narrative point of Master and Apprentice, a big sticking point in their relationship is, you know, a year or more after this, Qui-Gon still got Obi-Wan doing these forms, these lightsaber forms and nothing but the forms. How did you feel about that continuing to be this big part of Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan's relationships where Qui-Gon's normally like explore, question, uh, but Obi-Wan, just the forms. That's it for lightsabers. Look, it works for a reminder of, of like, even we're talking about just the journey in the middle of our story, but like, you don't, you don't get the, you don't level up and don't have to fight the same, you know, bosses on the levels, I guess. No, I'm not talking about Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon, but it's just like the things that are you have to deal with in your soul and your mind and your heart and the trading. And I, I like that it continues. I like that it is so close. There's, um, I, I was aware of it. I was like, you know, some of the relationship, because it just really, definitely seems like at the end of it, it's, it's a little bit more positive, right? And it is, that's a fact, but like, just to know that it's there's still stuff to figure out now that Obi-Wan has this knowledge of Qui-Gon didn't even pick me. I was assigned and it doesn't mean you're you're done kind of solving all that or, or figuring that out and what it means. So I think it, it was fun. I, I, I It's been a while since Master and Apprentice and 
I, I sometimes forget some of the little details. So I, I, it's almost like I want to pick it up. I don't have time, but I, I almost want to pick it up and just, just read it in order. Just keep going. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely would love to reread Master and Apprentice. I love all the Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon stuff uh, so much, mm. but the forms really stuck with me. And eh, just in case anybody uh, hasn't read Master and Apprentice, I, I won't spoil it, but I really, the mm-hmm. forms are a sticking point and I love their resolution in Master and Apprentice, the yeah. why of it. So it's really, really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it it, it uh, has great purpose in this book because it's one of the things to me that balances, like, yep, go out there, get lived experience, but also... Mm-hmm training practice you know making the basics just utterly instinctual to you Mm. uh, that's important as well yeah i agree uh we got some dooku content kind of uh dooku is heard by obi-wan but they don't physically meet uh to Mm. keep intact uh what's established uh, multiple places in star wars lore that uh that obi-wan and dooku don't physically meet um Mm. How did you feel about that? About the Dooku around the corner? <laughs> yeah, love it, love it. Hey, this is this is this great, wonderful era. The the Dooku Jedi lost, and now you can throw in tales of the Jedi Master and Apprentice. Um, I, I love this stuff. The, the Dooku of it all, uh, fascinating. And anyway, the the little um, and this had come up right because the tales of the Jedi too, and uh, of uh, you know Dooku's. Uh, you know, he left the team, but we still let him in the clubhouse. We're still friends with the guy. <laughs> He's a political idealist. Uh, you know, we're hanging out with him. Uh, so I like setting all that up. And then sometimes I forget, like, you know, they do take great care. This is, you know, Grievous and Anakin never meeting and uh, Wedge uh, not being on the Scarif mission, you know, just being back at the base on the PA. Like, I love those little things when, when you know, they, uh, they're they checking that stuff and and uh, it's a fun little wrinkle. But yeah, more Dooku, man. He's just such a interesting character during this time. Yeah. Yeah. And this idea that like, look, he, and I love what Qui-Gon says about him. It's like, he needed to pursue his, his own thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. And maybe that'll work out. Maybe we'll agree, but you know, but we need it better to keep the lines of communication open. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great stuff. Very intriguing. And for me, like, yeah, I, I know there was a big conversation in Tales of the Jedi. I can see uh, watching that, mm-hmm. that one where Dooku is, got free range to even the uh archives i mean he, he mm. does use cyphodius's uh, code to get in yeah. um that that can read like he's still with the jedi um but uh for me it seems like with pedal and it's it's crystal clear that he had free access to come and go yeah uh, so so that was that was nice uh in dooku lore consistency mm. um i did want to ask you about uh uncle Logrib. Uh, implies or says that uh, he basically got someone to pay for him to not pay for him to go there, but he, in theory, he was supposed to deliver this power to somebody else, but he was going to take it for himself. Um, did you take that as uh, Dooku Sidious, somebody getting getting word from this guy of like, oh, there's this power, and like, great, go get it for us? I, I don't know if there was any direct Im- implying of this. I, I 100% went to Sheev. This just mm-hmm. seems like. Rich and Dooku's got the money too. Um, but I don't know. There's just something that was sheevy about it to me. And I just, uh, I ran with it in my head. It just seems like, you know, Zillow Beast, you know, mm-hmm. uh, four sensitive children, anything where there might be a power, like, mm, I'm going to get that or destroy that. <laughs> yep. 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 And then yeah, use it, a tool yeah. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then not, uh, not, not being revealed, of course. And, and it almost, I was like, is there going to be a Padawan too? Cause that's going to be the last chapter is, <laughs> you know, the reveal that it's Sheev or someone else. But yeah, it just had that for something for, 
something that was not necessarily directly answered to be so at times prominent in the third act of the story. I, I, that's where I went with it. Yeah, me as well. Uh, just a couple other things. Uh, we also had a uh, prominent usage of death sticks, uh, which were <laughs> really, I know, I know they are, I know you can smoke them, but they're really portrayed as cigarettes with the, the, you know, the yeah. death stick rings. How did you feel about uh, more death stick activity? It's totally fine for me. It's not something I need. It's not something I would miss, but also when it's there and again, the way it was used is, is pretty darn funny. Um, you know, you just, you're just thinking of poor Elon Sluice Bogano buying into the live death sticks. <laughs> yep. Yep, setting Obi Wan and Elon in there. Elon mm-hmm. on their uh, their their faithful encounter, yeah. uh, fateful encounter. Uh, final uh, thing for me is we have uh, the character who is uh, who who gets the T five shuttle, not a T six, but a T five mm-hmm. Jedi shuttle for Obi Wan. Uh, in his Miba Phonox, I mentioned to be in Ordolan, uh with only legs, just mm-hmm. ripping the bandaid off the wound of Max Rebo's limbs. Uh, how did you feel about that? Look, this is, yeah, this is, this is big. This is big. This is earth shattering <laughs> Star Wars canon. I, 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 I'm starting to think that to me, there's just, there's different kind of Ordolans. That's, that's the way I can go with it. Uh, I, I am a, um, I have become a shoulders uh, guy where I think it's Max. Max has legs and, and, and arms. Um, that's where I, I go. So this, yeah, this fights me. This fights me, but I like it. Yeah, I'm totally open to the true number of limbs that uh, that mm-hmm. it, it, different Ordlin might have. Uh, if if Miba only has legs, great. The hill I will die on is what Max Rebo on screen. Not that maquette of his early design, right. but what we see on screen. Uh, those are arms because those are shoulders, not hips. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> And, and uh, you know, I'll try not to be trapped in a cycle of fighting about Max Rebo, but <laughs> it's there. It's there. Yeah. Uh, any other canon things that you wanted to acknowledge or touch on? No, nah, no, nah, little tiny things here and there. Uh, there's a lot of Legends connections. As always, we say uh, we recommend our friend uh, Alex Damon and Molly Damon, Star Wars Explained. Uh, they have some great Easter egg stuff and cameos and all the kind of things and, and ships and designs. You mentioned the T5 uh, versus T6. Uh, but yeah, some of it's there. I, I'm not super versed in the in the legend stuff, but there was a lot of references, particularly that uh, Siri character, which uh, is a romantic interest for Kenobi. So I love when that kind of stuff gets pulled in and used uh, in smaller ways. Oh, that's great! Yeah, because there's the mention that he the, the, when he's thinking about romance, he's like, he's I'm pretty sure Siri would have been down. <laughs> yeah, 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 yep, yep. Nice, nice. Uh, at the end of the day, Ken, why do you think this book is called Padawan? Oh, look, we we are all learning here. We're all on uh, on that, but I also think it's it, it's it's Kenobi's uh, identity. Then it, it's it's a burden at first. It's a realization later. A reminder of the constant state of of learning. That that title Padawan is sometimes even when Low Grib shows up, it's like, ah Padawan. I see that braid. Uh, it could be you know even Anakin struggles with it, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. it is thrown at his face. Oh, Anakin's just a Padawan learner. Boy, hold on here. Uh, you know, so I, I like that. It's 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 something that you can struggle with. And you're talking about the the next page, the going on with the journey. You want to know this is this is reminding, especially if you're in this age, uh, you are here. This is where you're at, and the journey's uh, hopefully, for, if you're fortunate, all out in front of you. And now it's your time to learn. So there you go, Obi Wan. You got to learn. The title's not a burden. 
The title's not a burden. Yeah, I love that because I when it was announced, like the both of these books, uh, these recent Obi Wan books, Brotherhood was so intriguing because to me mm-hmm. it really is about him stepping into that role of well, we're equals now, we're we're brothers, and maybe I'm more comfortable with that, mm-hmm. uh, and that's such an important uh, change in their relationship, and and, and I think uh, ties to the Obi Wan Anakin story so powerfully. So then the title of Padawan, I was like really curious, is like, is that is this just? That's the that's where he's at in his station, mm-hmm. or is there there kind of uh, some more to that? Um, yeah. Love the High Republic books, but that is one of my criticisms of like some of the books. The title is kind of spot on, and some of them feel a little, you know, eh, it, it, it could be more specific, uh, yeah. you know, to the book in my opinion. So I was really curious about uh, Padawan, and I love that the the title ended up really being meaningful, almost a partner with Brotherhood, because this is a book about him stepping into that mantle of mm-hmm. realizing uh, what he had and the community he had uh, when he was, you know, in his clan of younglings, and and now he's in this totally different role, this totally different relationship, and having epiphanies about what that means for him. And then I think it really the the last lines in the book I think really ties to everything that he he goes through and that one of the things that he goes through is I'm not going to obsess on my journey being Mm. carved in stone and having to know the end I'm not going to be obsessed about you know just when will I become a Jedi Knight you know Mm -hmm. I am going to be clear and present in this moment where I'm a Padawan and I like that that's the the beat that it ends on I'm like okay I went through this journey and now I realize I have more to learn. Now I have a better perspective and I want to learn. I want to be mm-hmm. what I am right now, which is a Padawan. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Yep. And he'll have many, many more challenges to come. So that leads me to uh, my second to last question, Ken. What other Obi-Wan stories are you wanting? Uh, look, enough already. We need Kenobi and Satine, the young romance. <laughs> it has to happen at some point. It's a lot of authors have wanted to take swipes at it. We've uh, tiles, uh, Tales of the Jedi could be a very interesting spot to put that in, uh, especially if you can get uh, Anna Graves and uh, James Arnold Taylor back for those voices. People mm-hmm. love that. I, 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 it, it's it just, just stop. Everyone, everyone wants the old Republic to come back. I get that. I want this story. I need, I need the details. All the details gossipy juicy details and also the big lessons that it would, could be within the story i want that uh and also i'm interested in more canon stories of uh, kenobi and young anakin there was uh the comic series a long time ago now it was uh, mm-hmm. interesting it was a little different uh with like the open and the close and all the stuff at the time wasn't my favorite i'm going to revisit it at one point but just uh kenobi talk about the next struggle and there's someone like Qui-Gon before him was, didn't pick Anakin, was kind of in a way assigned Anakin, uh, mm-hmm. carries on that burden, how big that is to his life. To actually see, I think I'm talking about the next morning when you're flying back to Coruscant after Naboo, after the funeral, like what's that conversation like and how does Kenobi start that journey with Anakin? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. Um, I, I think uh, I would love more Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan adventures and I love that time frame they've carved out master apprentice he's 17 and i mm-hmm. believe he's 25 in the phantom menace so that's a lot of room for qui-gon and obi-wan you got a whole animated series right there if you yes. wanted yes, uh so i'd always be happy for more qui-gon and obi-wan uh but other than that I, i'm really with you uh there's some individual stories i would i would love obi-wan's um forging of his his final blade you know mm-hmm. at the beginning of the the clone wars uh I guess we got in Brotherhood a little bit more of the story I've always been wanting of his ascension to to the council. 
Yes. Um, but yeah, Obi-Wan and younger Anakin, including right up to, uh, yeah, here's your room. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's a little different than Tatooine. Uh, yeah. Um, that would yeah. be absolutely great of Obi-Wan taking his first steps as a Jedi Knight and then already having this, uh, responsibility to Anakin. Love it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah my number one is, um, the show I'm calling Obi-Wan colon Duchess on the run. Um, <laughs> I'd be happy to experience that in any way. There's so many great Star Wars authors, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, a book, a book series would be great. I have to admit, because uh, falling in love with uh, with that story in animation, man, would I love in a two-hour animated movie or a, a yeah. limited event. It's not going to be a series. It's the Clone Wars animation. We got the machinery running. It's, it's Tales of the Jedi, but it's not, you know, uh, six separate stories. It's a one-hour movie or a six, you know, episode... Yeah series uh, that that story has so much potential and those characters are so beloved and Qui-Gon is there and the Mandalorian history is there yeah I so want that story to be given uh you know absolute uh focus on stage spotlights on mm-hmm. give this story room to breathe and let it be as important as I think it, it could be to Star Wars uh, yep. the overall Star Wars story yeah to not just uh not yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, well, I would say it's not just like there's a lot of fans of the story wanting it, but beyond that, just how it matters, how it matters to a lot of things going forward with both characters. Yeah, yeah, it fits into a lot. Ken, here's my final question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to ask uh, fun questions at the end. Uh, I've tooled this one uh, uh, specifically for you. Other people mm-hmm. can relate, but I've made it very specific to you. If you discovered a stake that gave you great power, but it made Sizzler, Sizzlers attack you. Every time you ate it at Sizzlers, would you still eat that steak at Sizzlers? Uh, well, a trick question. The food at Sizzler did attack me um, <laughs> constantly. It'd be it'd be hard, right? It'd be hard. It'd be hard right. to give that up. Uh, look, right. uh, you know, I'm someone who's. Uh, I always say I describe myself as mostly vegan now. At home, I try to remain so. But then you get out on the road, or you go, you know, meet Mark Ellis at Wood Ranch, and you, ooh, that pulled pork is right there. Like, and then <laughs> it, it's it's a power. It's a power that I uh, kills me slowly. So. Uh, I'll have to break the cycle. It's all about breaking the cycle. So my answer to you is if I discovered that uh, and I could jump farther with the steak, uh, I'd probably go for a little bit until I had to turn around. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand. I, I wrestle with the frozen pizza addiction, uh, particularly. I love Tombstone. Those first bites are always so good, so powerful. And then, uh, you know, as I continue and eat the entire pizza, I can, I can taste the not real. I can taste the pain. I know what I'm doing. That's part of what I enjoy, but I'm punishing myself. Yeah. But I, it's just such a it's such a great idea. The the planet being don't take that and attack. And I love the idea of him reaching into the the freezer mm-hmm. at Target to pull out a tombstone, and the door just closes on my arm with <laughs> teeth. And- <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying, but fun. Star Wars. Well, that is it. Uh, I don't have any more final thoughts, but do you have any any final thoughts on Padawan? Hey, we finally got here, and our, yeah. our Force Center friends in Discord can stop posting those Frodo and Sam getting a Mordor uh, memes of us finally reading <laughs> this book. A lot of life got in the way. We're happy to spend more time with these characters. So, uh, Kirsten White, great job in this book. A lot of fun. Absolutely. Ken, where can people find us? Hey, you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We are on high at Force Center. Look for us there. Uh, Instagram and YouTube, as we mentioned before. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're available on a lot of spots, including iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us at patreon.com slash Force Center. And get into that Discord and post some memes about us reading these books. You can find me <laughs> at Ken Napsack 
or go to my website, kenapsuck.com for more. Where can they find you, sir? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media. Instagram one is in one I, I particularly want to highlight. It seems as Twitter continues to go through its uh, its crisis uh, that it may or may not uh, survive, that a lot of people are looking to Instagram. Uh, I would love to find uh, more friends over on Instagram. Uh, my handle there is at Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm also on TikTok. I'm also on Mastodon. And uh, if Hive ever comes back, I am also on Hive. You can also find uh, my YouTube channel, Joseph Scrimshaw, as well. Well, just search YouTube for that. More stuff coming in the new year. And I'm continuing to post my uh, not unboxing videos over there as a uh, YouTube short. So check that out. But for now, for myself, for Ken, uh, for Obi-Wan's Padawan braid that he apparently likes to tug on when he's anxious. <laughs> this has been Force Center. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.